welcome to another episode of Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. This is actually episode 20 wow. of Deeply Curious. We have broken out of the teens. Hey. We're on to adolescence. No. Or adulthood? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you consider adult. 20-year-olds are... I was thinking about this this morning, mm-hmm. that a 20-year-old, like a 19-year-old, that's on the verge of like... Are you a really smart kid or a really dumb adult? Both. Yeah. Well, welcome to Deeply Curious. Um, before we jump into today's conversation, I um, just want to make you aware that this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com slash Jensen. BetterHelp.com slash Jensen is a counseling service that is online. It's affordable because you don't have to go into somebody's physical, physical location mm-hmm. to meet with them. And so they can get the prices down. And typically, face-to-face counseling is going to cost you like $150, $250 per session. Mm-hmm. And BetterHelp.com slash Jensen can be as affordable as $35 a week. Sarah and I are pretty big advocates of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and mental... We Who said that the other day? That, oh, yeah. The woman who owns Happy Not Perfect, it's an app. Um, which is also awesome if you want to check it out. But she said, we all have mental health and we're all on a scale of mental health. So you just, it's not, it's like you would consider like physical health, like whether you're in shape or not, you still have a physical health. Same with mental health. You just got to take care of your mental health. Yes. Counseling is not just for. It's not whenever your, your brain's out of shape. Right. It's, you know, do you, you can, you can be on the. You know, basically you can start in, you can be buff, yeah. you know, your brain, you can be brain buff. Yeah. Um, but it's still a good idea to get that gym membership, mm-hmm. you know, and keep that thing toned. True. So betterhelp.com slash Jensen is the perfect place you can get that done. Um, you have to be 18 years or older to use the service. It is not a crisis hotline. It is a counseling service. It's very easy to sign up. Just go to betterhelp.com slash Jensen, fill out the short survey. You can do a free trial. And they will partner you with the perfect counselor for whatever you're needing or wanting or, you know, your preference. Yep. So today we were going to talk about the title, as you probably already saw, is, is New York freaking worth it? Yeah. Except it doesn't say freaking, but yeah. I did just now. <laughs> um, but before we go into that conversation, yeah. um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Last night or yesterday, we, we recorded a podcast with Sarah Dietschy and John Hill on Sarah Dietschy's podcast, The Creative Exchange. We had like an we had like an hour and forty minute conversation on the podcast, which it's definitely not out whenever you're listening. Well, when this podcast came out, it may be out when you're listening because I don't know when you're listening. Cause yeah, you're in the future. <laughs> you're speaking. You're hearing me in the past. If you yeah. don't know how podcasts work, um, but we were, we had this really really good conversation. We talked about so many things. It was yeah. really fun, really funny. But what I'm bringing, why the reason I bring this up is because last night I was trying to go to sleep. And like I, my brain was like going like crazy Mm -hmm. thinking about all these conversations we were having. And I was like having a hard time falling asleep. But then I like, I kept reading until I made myself really tired. And then I just like focused on my breathing and fell asleep. But then at 4 a.m. I woke up and I woke up thinking about all of these conversations that we had. Mm -hmm. And like I could not fall back asleep um, because I just like kept, my brain just kept replaying all of these different things we talked about. And then I was like basically writing and rewriting jokes for the conversation. And it was like, 
I'd be thinking about something that I, you know, that somebody said or that I said. I'm like, oh man, it would have been funny if I would have said this there. Oh, it would have been funny if I would have actually said this instead of that. And I like kept creating all of these situations in my head of how like things that would have been hilarious Mm -hmm. or, you know, what I should have said. And I was like, quit thinking. Like you can even change it. Like just go to sleep. Like I don't want to be up at freaking 4 Mm a.m. But I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And then I'm like laying there and I'm like fo- trying to focus on my breathing so I can fall asleep and just like breathing in deeply, just focusing on the breath. Mm-hmm. And then like three seconds later, I find myself like deep into a conversation that I'm making up in my head that we kind of had on the podcast, but I'm changing it now to where I'm even more funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, why am I doing this? And that's, that's been the main question to that is just freaking why, but I've said freaking like four times already. Yeah. Um, I, I think understand hit, what's going on. I think I've hit my freaking quota. Um, anyways, I was thinking about this, but then what that made me end up thinking about is comedy. Okay. And then I was thinking about how, you know, there there's a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about how I'm I'm not a comedian because I don't the reason I'm thinking about these situations is because that's whenever my humor, I guess, shines. And so, like, whenever I can basically, like, write a situation that I can then reply to it being funny, but I can't actually create something out of thin air and then make it funny, which is what a comedian does. Like, a comedian, like, gets up on stage, they create something out of thin air, and you're laughing, versus somebody who's just funny. I mean, yes, but there's a reason comedians write bits well, they yes. sit in their home and they come up with incredible jokes and then they go try them out places. Right. But that's an art. That's a skill. Like, a, like a, that's, No, but that's what you're doing. Uh, yeah, but my, my joke, the jokes that I'm coming up with, it needs a, it needs a straight man to like say the thing that'd be like, oh yeah, if somebody in, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is because I'm actually going to use it, but. Like, I actually am sitting on a joke that I'm going to use on one of John Hill's videos. Um, See, this is what I'm saying. You do this all the time. I remember, I can't remember what the joke actually was, but we were with a bunch of friends and you made this joke and it was hilarious. And you're like, I waited like two years to tell that joke. I don't understand, like, how that is possible. Because, because this is actually, this is what I'm getting to is that I'm not a comedian because that is his own art form. But what I am is a situational humorist. Are you making up new things yes. now? Yes, this is in my bio now. Okay. I'm a situational humorist because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, there's no way I could be... Jerry Seinfeld, he has a classification of like funny, mm-hmm. I guess. And he's like, you know, there's, there's levels of comedy. There's like, the first level is you make your friends laugh. And, and there's a lot of people who are in, like, the make your friends laugh. Um, then there's the level of you can make... I don't remember exactly how he says this, but it's essentially, like, you can make your friends laugh. Then you can make other people laugh or make, yeah. you know, strangers or whatever laugh. Um, like, people in your vicinity. Yeah. Proximity. And then, and then there's, like... I can't remember if there's three or four levels. I should have looked this up. I didn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting to actually say this. So yeah. anyways, I'm going to make it up. This is what Jerry Seinfeld says verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> you make your friends laugh. You make strangers laugh. Then you can do comedy, a stand-up bit. Like, right. I guess maybe that is, maybe there's only three levels. Yeah. Anyways, the whole point of saying that is I'm in the middle. Like, I'm level two. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, um, or no. One and a half. 
See, now, now I'm thinking there actually was four levels. <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is, I was just thinking about this like last night, why I was, yeah. why I literally, it woke me up and I could not fall back asleep is because I'm thinking about all of these, like, I'm like writing this whole comedy bit that will never be used because this situation will past. literally never happen again. <laughs> yeah. Well, not that I'm laying in bed at night writing comedy, but I do rewrite every single conversation I ever have. So that's what it's like to You should me. actually write them down and then it'd become a book. Maybe. But yeah, I don't, I don't rewrite for comedy sake. <laughs> I rewrite like, oh, I really sounded like an idiot. I should say this instead. I mean, I do that too, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did pretty sure I did the last night. Like just some, some of the things I was like, man, I should have like actually said this because it would maybe mm-hmm. like, because this is what I actually think. But in the moment I didn't. Yeah. Whatever. You never write. You never write pre jokes in your head that just waiting for somebody to say something so you can respond and be hilarious. No, no, my humor is more irony and sarcasm with my friends, and that's about it. So you're level one. Yeah. Me too. I don't think a lot of people. I I don't I, mean, I don't try to be funny though. Like I I because I think that comedy and humor is so. A specific, I guess. I don't know. You can tell when someone's trying to be funny and yeah. when they're actually funny. And I never want to like be the one who's like, "Oh, she's trying to be funny." You know, like I'm not a Twitter person. Like that's just mm-hmm. not. I see that is I actually can't do it. a really good example. Is I have a hard time being funny on Twitter because Twitter is creating a joke in like 200 and whatever character it is that it is now. But like, yeah. it's like you write something right that is a joke and then you put it out there versus i can be really funny like maybe responding to a tweet yeah you know something like well, that i mean yeah but you you do that in in conversations too like right. you're very i guess reactive like yes exactly i'm a like situational humorist everyone off guard yeah it's like somebody yeah. says something i'm quick-witted i suppose and so i'm able to like respond to that in yeah. such a quick manner actually some of the humor is the fact that they just weren't even expecting right like that or right. whatever i don't know yeah no i don't try to be funny not really any point to telling this it's just something i was really thinking about because it kept me up at freaking 4 a.m I was yeah saying, i don't i don't like being up well i mean if it's dark outside i don't really like being awake <laughs> definitely at 4 a.m <laughs> yeah i am gonna change the conversation <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what a good transition. Yep. Segway. Uh, <laughs> um, one other quick thing that I was going to talk about before we jump into uh, is New York worth it is yeah. um, something that interested me that I was listening to 99% Invisible mm-hmm. a couple days ago. And you know how like there's this whole war on straws right now yeah the because they're not recyclable right Right. yeah um and like it's just like this whole thing now where Mm -hmm. like everybody is saying like getting rid of straws straws are not recyclable and they contribute like how many ever like tons of Mm -hmm. whatever and like you know what all the all those you know facts or whatever well what was interesting is 99 invisible did a whole episode breaking down how like basically it's all bs like, really? like not that straws don't contribute, you know, a mm-hmm. percentage to, you know, all the crap that happens in our world, but basically we should not be putting this much effort 
yeah into straws whenever it's pretty much not going to help anything right because there's so much other crap that we do exactly but if we put this much effort into something that's actually going to help um you know maybe we could actually change something but it, it, it they talked to multiple people and pretty much everybody was like that's a risky podcast to put out yeah but they they were compelling <laughs> I mean, um, I was like, I, I'm going to go throw away three straws right now. I'm not even going to use them. <laughs> I mean, I don't just walk into Starbucks. I'm going to grab a handful of straws and just throw them away. I mean, I did think that, like, whenever that whole thing came out, I was like, but everything we use is plastic. Like, it's not just a straw, I, which I understand there's, like, different components or whatever in yeah. a straw. That's the whole argument. But, like, literally every, every food you get comes in some sort of plastic that you don't recycle like yeah. i don't i mean the, the the argument though is that they are recyclable even though if even if you don't recycle it it still is a recyclable material versus the straw is not but one interesting fact from the i guess maybe i shouldn't say fact one interesting thing they said in the podcast that somebody believed it was a fact um <laughs> i don't know it's who cares it's a fact um yeah. <laughs> they one of the guys i was talking was saying that the all of the quote-unquote science behind this whole argument of straws is actually all based on a like uh, i cannot remember the age now but it's like an 11 year olds mm-hmm. um science project um and like then it was like there essentially there has not been a like you know harvard reviewed like like, scientific scientific, like study i think they said there was one that they found like on straws interesting and so like most of it is pseudoscience or why did we decide to who decided to make it a thing well it's just like anything else like things just outrage culture yeah like there's this whole thing of mob mob mentality it's like there are way there are unfortunately the things that that the mob gets behind typically are not the things that actually right. could help right. but it's like so easy to to vilify something that is going to affect nobody like they did talk about how it will affect some people because of those with disabilities that actually need a straw mm. um but setting that aside like yeah. essentially like getting rid of straws it's an easy thing because it it almost affects nobody. It's like, like the, it's the like, idea that you can feel good about doing something when actually you did nothing. Right. Right. It's like yeah. just a thing to make yourself it's, feel better. It's the slacktivism. Yeah. Like this is a little different like the, than that maybe, I guess. But the slacktivism of just like, if I buy a pair of Toms, a kid gets a pair of Toms. And it's like, yeah, but all you did is buy a pair of shoes. Right. And did you actually research into, into like if that was actually helping? Because – Right. You know, who, like, who's, it doesn't matter. Like, it actually did turn out that, like, Tom's has changed their business model since then. Because, because the, of that. Right. The one-to-one ended up not actually helping it. They're right. terrible made shoes for somebody who is living in the environment who needs a pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, like, that you're giving them to. So, yeah. It was making yeah. it things worse, actually. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Wasn't That's really interesting. Planned. Yeah. Very, very risky podcast to put out. Yeah, Good I don't. Um, Very I, risky is relative. Yeah. <laughs> it's not actually. <laughs> I know those 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 uh, straw but activists are gonna. I'm telling are the, you, be outraged and they're gonna come, the, come after the Nike people too. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a crowd mad about something. You just don't. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, who wants to deal with people? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs>
I don't know. I don't have any real opinions on that. I just really thought it was interesting. It is interesting. Just because of how much I've I been hearing it, about straws. Well, I think what it does is just kind of show that we don't do research. Right. And that... We, we read the tweet. And that get, you... And read, yeah, like, you read the headline and assume you know everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's kind of a weird phenomenon that we live in now because we do have all the information we could possibly want about anything but we actually know nothing mm-hmm. right like it's it's a really weird phenomenon so i think it's just another reminder to just take time and do research you know i'm guilty of it too i don't i read headlines and then i keep going like i yeah. you know but it's just such a weird culture i mean that happened like 2 days ago like you yeah. you like said I read, something i read an article about well it was the nike thing and uh, not an article i read a headline about um some guy in Bartlesville accidentally burned his house down um, while trying to burn his Nike gear, which is LOL on a lot of levels because, I mean, we're from, Oklahoma. well, Oklahoma, which is, we were an hour from Bartlesville. Right. So uh, I just like know the culture and it honestly wouldn't surprise me if that actually <laughs> happened, right? So like, it just, um, it made me laugh and then... You told me. I told you, you like, about it. Oh my gosh, it. listen to this. Yeah, but I didn't read the article. I just kept going. Um, and then a couple days later, I found out it, it was a hoax. Like, it wasn't true, you know? I mean, luckily, I didn't, like, go around telling everybody right. about like, it. Like, post it on Facebook. Like, LOL, Oklahoma, yeah. you suck. You, like, but, like, just told me. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I believed it. I, I read the headline. And I was like, I roll. Keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't true. So Because... I mean, that just goes into, like, the... What do they call that? Um, Like, where you are in your own bubble. um, Like, it it confirms your own biases. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole problem with internet news, right? Confirmation bias. Isn't that what it's called? That sounds something. I think I just used larger words to say what it was. Like, confirmation bias. I think... Anyways, it's just... Yeah. If it isn't, I'm going to use it anyway. Confirmation bias is, like... um, essentially exactly what it is like you don't question it because it already confirmed your own biases right like you you don't go seeking out necessarily but like yeah you but if there was subconsciously you're like yes this is truth but if there but if it was an article headline that was something the opposite of that like i don't i can't think of like you know what that would be right but essentially if it was something it like pro burning nike right you wouldn't immediately believe it you'd immediately disbelieve it Right, and, and click on it to read it. Yeah, and maybe click on it to read it, or maybe just disbelieve it and move on because yeah. it, it, like, you know, it didn't confirm your biases or whatever. Yeah, it's true. I just think it's such a weird uh, time that we live in. <laughs> like, news in general is just really how do – I've kind of taken to, like, not reading news or watching that, which I know, like, that in itself is not an answer, like, to just choose to remain – ignorant of whatever's happening i watch philip defranco and that's pretty much where i get my news from but like i just like it's just so exhausting because you can't i can't actually figure out what's true and what's not Mm -hmm. and every news source has its bias regardless of like what bias you prefer like every news source has its bias and they're um amplifying things they're what is that what's the sensationalizing sensationalizing, um people and and headlines and whatever and so right so we're living in this weird whatever and i can't tell like it it just it more 
stresses me out than it does anything else. So I'm just like, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the I don't know, I don't remember where I heard this at all, but like one of my things that I've always kept in mind since I've heard it and that I love is talking about the news is if you hear about it on the news, then it's something that you don't need to worry about. Right. Because it's newsworthy. Right. Like the things that are newsworthy are things that rarely happen. Yeah. Um, but it's the things that you never hear about are the things that you actually need to worry about because those are the things that are so common. Yeah. They, they don't make the news. Right. Like, like news, car crashes and things right. like that. Yeah. It's like news sensationalizes the things that you never hear about because that's if, if they reported on, you know, a car crash you know, all the car crashes every single day. Nobody would ever watch the news anymore because, oh, we've heard this story over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So they have to find this new, weird, quirky thing so that you'll actually watch. Right. Which Which is why things keep getting more and more sensational and more and more outraged um, and whatever. Yeah. It's really weird. It's on the news. Probably don't need to worry about it. I mean, to a degree. Yeah, that's a general statement. That that statement is more referring to fear. Yes, yes. Than it is like, you know, Trump saying something, you know, that that, could rile another country. Like, obviously, that is news that maybe you should pay attention to. Um, But more so, it's like... People, you don't need to allow the news attention. to make you scared right. of going outside of your house. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, um, moving on from there. Mm-hmm. Quick segue. Uh, we <laughs> wanted to talk about, um, is New York worth it? Right. Because um, I think this is a conversation that a lot of you would be interested in because a lot of people who don't live in New York probably think about that. Like, yeah, is it worth it? And yeah. then they like maybe think about wanting to move here. And then you, you like ultimately, I think always you come down to the question of, but is it worth it? Right. Um, and the reason we actually wanted to have this conversation besides that is we've been asking this question ourselves. Right. After now that we've been here for a little over a year and now that we've been here through all four seasons, mm-hmm. um, we have been like questioning and, and really just taking an outside perspective, I guess, or, or an educated perspective. And just, yeah. and just really looking at the, at the, at the situation and being like, okay, is New York worth it? Yeah. So I feel like, because I don't think that you, we need to argue that like, is New York the coolest city in America? Because obviously it is, right? Like there's something incredible about New York that no other city has been able to replicate. Um, so like, that's not really the question. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Every I I think that there's just this like romanticized view about New York. I mean, I had a romanticized view about New York. I thought um, I've wanted to move here since I was 13. I thought when I get to New York, I'm going to be home. You know, like it's just going to be everything that I imagine it'll be. Um, but it, like it's not. I don't know. It's it's a city. You know, mm-hmm. and so I feel like nobody really talks about that. Right. So. I don't know. I mean, I think that a, a big thing is, like with what you're saying, it, it's just a city. Yeah. And ultimately, people make the place. Right. So if, like, if you find, you know, your people, your tribe, like your best friends. Right. In podunk America. 
mm-hmm. then that could be that place is going to be amazing to you because you have people that you love, love you, and you love doing life with. Right. If you are in a place in the most amazing city in the world and you're lonely, then yeah. it's not like you're not going, you're going to, the city will fuel you right. for I, a season. Yeah. I think that the thing is, is like, New York or a bigger city in general is very inspiring. Um, like there's just a lot going on, you know, to like constantly be inspired by, which is really cool. Like I love that in New York a couple weeks ago, I was feeling like so irritated by New York. So I just, um, like walked over to a new neighborhood that I hadn't been to in a long time and just walked around and got so excited and just like grateful to be here. Um, and that is amazing about New York that you can literally just go to a different neighborhood and it's an entirely new place. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't, I don't know. It is, it's hard to live here. And I don't think people like really not, I mean, the rent obviously is outrageous and difficult to afford but it's not just that like the city itself is like kind of harsh um like there's a reason that the song is if you can make it here you can make it anywhere right Mm -hmm. um like it's hard to live here new york doesn't make it easy on you um so i don't know i've just been like wondering like is it actually a place i want to live long term or is it just a place that i really love and Mm -hmm. I, i think there's I don't know. I think there can be a difference. Yeah. Let's first, like, Mm -hmm. instead of, like, just diving into that stuff, like, maybe talk about why New York is worth it. Yeah. Like I said, like, you can walk 10 minutes to a new neighborhood and you're in a completely different place, which is incredible. I I don't know a lot of other cities that offer that, Mm -hmm. at least in America. I love that you don't have to own a car. Yeah. Like, you, you can get anywhere yep on you know by public transportation right which Um, was our major thing like that has been my thing my entire life is i'm gonna live in a city where i don't have to own a car because a car is so not worth any of the thousands of dollars you have to pour into it mm -hmm. um so that was always my main thing and i new york is great for that yeah and it's like yeah the public transportation can be frustrating at times but what's also amazing is that the landmass of New York is actually really small, so you can get a lot of places just by walking or riding a bike or skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. Like I love that I can use my electric skateboard and go almost anywhere in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and even like I I take I go to Brooklyn and like just think about that. Yeah. I go all over the city, in on my electric skateboard, and I have paths and things that I can take and like all this stuff everywhere. Right. And it's it's very. Now, obviously, this is, like, me specifically, but, like, that makes me happy. Like, being on my skateboard with the wind in my hair and, like, you know, the – even even the risk that is involved in it, like, the the adrenaline, the, like, Mm -hmm. the thrill, all of that, like, getting from point A to point B that way actually excites me. It makes – like, it gives me joy doing that. Right. Versus, like – the only way a car does that is if you're speeding, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like if you're breaking the law, you know, yeah. then you can get that. But, you know, so there's that side of it. Um, I also really love, um, I like, there are a lot of people here and that can be like sometimes stressful. Um, especially like 
I had a friend who texted me the other day and he was like, uh, I showed up to the coffee shop and I'm the only one here. So they let me pick the music. And I almost cried because I was like, what does that feel like? (laughs) I want to know what it's like to go to a coffee shop and have space and not have to share a table every single time with some stranger. Not that there's not something beautiful in that, but just sometimes like there's a lot of people here. Um, but that's all also a really great thing because I don't like to skateboard through the city, but I love walking and I love taking the subway for that reason. Um, like the subway in Bill Hayes's book, the insomniac city, it's a memoir about New York and he calls the subway, the great equalizer. Um, because anybody and everybody is on the subway, famous, rich, homeless, poor, everybody in between. Um, and it's true and it's, it's a really cool thing to see like play out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I also love that it's really close to the water. Yes. That I, so Oklahoma is obviously very landlocked and I've never lived like with the ability to just like go see the ocean whenever I want. Um, so that has actually been huge. I love that. I never want to not have that again. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into like one of the things that I love is the fact that within an hour train ride, you can experience so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to go to the beach and sit on the beach with waves and like, you know, have that experience, literally one hour ferry or one hour train ride, you're there. Yeah. Or I can take it, um, you know, to Central Park and have that experience or there's hundreds of other parks, but uh, like they're like six or seven, like huge parks that you can go to and experience all these different things. Mm -hmm. Or you could go to, not that I do this, but um, you go to like a myriad of clubs and have all these different experiences. But then you have every single music tour mm-hmm. has a New York stop. Like yep. you can see any band you want. Yep. Ever. Broadway plays. Broadway plays and like um, events that are happening all the time. And there's so many cool cultural things right. going on. And that- neighborhoods and areas and like. Yeah. Just basically in so much history. Yeah. There's so much stuff you could essentially you could never do it all right we love new york right like that that is the beginning of this conversation is to say that like right new york is amazing if you watch our videos you would probably get that from us that we like love being here right. we love exploring we love getting out and seeing the city and experiencing all this stuff but then we talk about the city doesn't matter though if you don't actually take advantage of those things right like if you live here and you like being at home and reading and you like, you know, going to the same coffee shop every day and you like, you know, doing stuff like that and you're not actually taking advantage of all that the city has to offer, is it worth paying three times the rent Right. than if you just moved somewhere else and had the same experience of being able to read at home whenever you want to and go to the same coffee shop every day and having, you know, friends that you hang out with? Like, is it worth being here? To live, like, because the reason I'm actually bringing bring this up, the reason we've had this conversation, because aside from, you know, what we do in the blog, like, we actually do like doing those things. Like, we like having a routine. We like being home, and we like, you know, going to mm-hmm. the same place every day and just, like, working and chilling and hanging out. But is it right. worth it? Right. It just depends on what day you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you ask me yesterday... I love New York and I'll never leave. You know, if you asked me today, I would say that too. Um, But ask me last week and I was ready to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, and because I think, it was like 90 degrees and... And it was hot and really it was awful. And miserable. Yeah. And, and there's just like... And it's not just the weather, although we haven't even talked about the weather yet, mm-hmm. but um, there's just like a harshness to the city, I think, that um, is exhausting. So I think that it's important to get out every once in a while. Although I would say that no matter where you live, because I think like taking breaks from your regular is very um, creatively inspiring. Um, but I think it's really actually important in New York. Um, and I didn't expect that. I think I, I expected to just always be inspired by the city 100% of the time, you know, like, Every time I walk out my door, I'm just like, ah, this is so cool, you know, and I don't feel that right now. I've been in, I have not left New York City since we moved here. Um, and I'm like really irritated with the city, you know, like I, I don't want to go walk around and like, it's just, there's like, so there's a harshness to the city that if you don't take a break from, I think can really like get to you sometimes. But with that being said, it's so easy to get out of the city mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's literally you can take a train to upstate New York, to Boston, to D.C., to Connecticut, to Rhode Island, to literally anywhere around here, um, which is super cool. The trouble is, like, it's so expensive to live here. Can you actually afford to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go elsewhere? Right. Um, and that's the thing that, like, qu- I question a lot because right. I very much value being able to go um, do whatever I want to do. And like affording to live here is, it's hard, you know? So then it it limits the ability to like go do, unless you're just like really pulling in the money. So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, so the thing that we've talked about a lot is New York is worth it if you're making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if for some reason, like you happen to have the right job, you know, or whatever, and like, the amount of money you're spending on rent isn't really a thing, but that's a fraction of people. Right. So if you're talking like a regular person, in order to live in New York, you have to have a high paying, long hour job in order to pay rent and be able to, you know, not spend all of your money on rent. Right. Um, Essentially what we talk about is I don't, I would much rather not live in New York City and and not have to work a like crazy right. job where I have to put in like insane hours in order to pay rent. Like, right. like why is that worth it? Like, why is it, how is it worth it yeah. to like work your butt off six, seven days a week, even longer than eight hour days so that you can afford to live in a city that you can't take advantage of because you're spending all of your time working. Right. To pay rent. Right. Like, <laughs> Right. That's the thing that, like, logically I get, like, tripped up on. Because, like, New York is incredible. There's amazing people here. Um, it's fun. It's exciting. Like, I I think the um, – I went to a concert at Madison Square Garden with Sarah Dietschy, and we were just sitting there after the concert, and she just, like, looked at me. She was like, isn't it, like, absolutely incredible that this is just right down the street from us? Like, iconic Madison Square Garden, you know? And it is, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but then I'm like, but if I don't live here and I live somewhere a little bit cheaper, 
I can work less. I can travel more. I can come to New York once a year, like on a trip, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just like certain things that logically it's hard for me to like, I don't know, reconcile, I guess. It's really weird. Yeah. Because we also talk about how in Tulsa, we lived in one of the cheapest places in the nation you could live and, 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 and consider the place where you live a city. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And moving to New York, our, you know, bills Mm -hmm. tripled. Right. um, Because of rent. But only because of rent. Right. Yeah. We moved here and we worked really hard and I have actually replaced my Tulsa income. Right. With YouTube and everything that we're doing right now. Like my, my Tulsa income is replaced. Right. But we're nowhere we are not making it because i i have to make three times right what i made in tulsa to live here in order to scrape by right (laughs) yeah yeah and that's the in that exactly i have to make three times what i made in tulsa to just live here paying bills every month right i have to make even more than that if we want to actually like build a Right. retirement <laughs> right right which is hard to it's hard to do yeah it, it's also just it just makes you wonder if the city is actually worth that much money you know because mm-hmm. i think like there are certain aspects of it that it is like obviously i mean i think there's more opportunity here i think there's more like we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right. if we weren't in new york you and know i think that's the thing though is that is the is that opportunity because we wouldn't have replaced my Tulsa income with YouTube and everything we're doing if we started and kept doing this in Tulsa. Right. Like we would have never been able to build what we have built. Right. In, I mean, never is a strong word, but we most right. likely, the yeah. chances of us like being able to do what we're doing now by staying in Tulsa is really small. Yeah. But we, it was actually, I mean, kind of easy one, right. to do that in New York. Like, right. Like w- coming here with the skills that we had. Yeah. And New York being such a character mm-hmm. in our videos, um, also the connections that we were immediately able to to connect with and create um, you yeah. know, or fall into or whatever you want to say, like we would have never met the people that we met if we didn't live here. Right. We never would have made the friends, you know, in all of that type of stuff if we weren't here right. in, in New York. Yeah. And we wouldn't have, I don't know, like started the career, I suppose. Right. So it's kind of like, yes, I have replaced, you know, my income with YouTube, I guess is what you'd say. But, but it's to, not enough. A, right. But it's not enough. Like I have to, I have to make three times that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even be at the spot that I am now if we wouldn't have been here in the first place. Right. So. New York is such a contradiction, I yeah, think. It's weird. Like we, th- just thinking about all this stuff, it's kind of like you cannot make a logical case for right. living here. And I think that's the thing is like. Every time I look at it logically, I'm like, I am such an idiot. What am I freaking doing here? Like, this is absurd. I live, not that I don't really love our apartment, because I actually do. I thought like 300 square feet would feel small after a while, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still very comfortable in our 300 square feet apartment, and I'm totally fine. Um, But like, it's like, why am I paying this much for this little space? Like if if we paid $2,200 a month in Tulsa... (laughs) Can you imagine what, like, just for you guys who maybe aren't aware, we owned a four-bedroom home in Tulsa. It was like 1,400 square feet for $800 a month was our mortgage. Our mortgage was $800 a month, you know? So, like, I mean, honestly, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? And so you come here and you're paying $2,200 for 300 square feet rent. And it just logically, you cannot justify it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way I can look at what we're doing logically. Right. Um, but there is a feeling of like, this is going to work out. Like mm -hmm. New York is worth it. You know, like I said, it depends on the day, I guess. Yes. Looking at it logically, I cannot make a case for it. Yeah. But if we're talking romantically. Yeah. And if we're talking just like emotionally or. Uh, I love just being happiness, in a big city. I guess. Like maybe just the joy of like being a part of this. Like the, I mean, I, I was trying to avoid using the word energy. <laughs> you yeah. know, because people just talk about like the energy of the, the city the vibe you know and all that but it's so true it like, is true you cannot find the energy in, in like the just the the whatever that is like however you yeah put language to whatever new york is it's so magical yeah and it's it's an experience that even though it has cost me financially yeah a lot right i have i basically have bought myself a lifelong worthy experience right and i think the thing also that nobody talks about um is like that type the magic of new york changes mm -hmm. after living here it's it's a different kind of magic um because like i i had this again this like romantic view of new york i was gonna come here and it was just gonna like love me and accept me and like give me all the things that i wished for right <laughs> lol but um you get here and you, I didn't know how dirty New York is, <laughs> you know, like we had visited multiple times and obviously there's like trash on the street and whatever, but I was like, but it's New York. It's a lot of people. That's how it is. Right. New York is dirty. Okay. It's, not, it's, I, it's kind of gross. I don't even think dirty is the right word. It's disgusting. It's kind of gross. Like everywhere you walk smells like trash and pee and everything else you can imagine. And there are stains on the sidewalk that you know what it is and you wish you didn't mm -hmm. it's it's gross and um but then somehow on the right day you're like yes though new york like mm -hmm. it is beautiful that you know we live on a street with hundred maybe not hundreds but lots of very expensive galleries and pop-up shops and mm -hmm. things like that with the biggest homeless shelter in New York, right? Like next to each other. Mm -hmm. That's the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And you don't get that hardly anywhere else. And everyone here is, I know like people talk about New Yorkers are mean or whatever, but I don't think that. I think that like everyone is obviously going to where they're going. Maybe like, original New Yorkers, like, like lifelong New yeah. Yorkers are mean. I don't know. I'm just like, maybe that's where that came from. But maybe New York is mostly expats anyway yeah or i love i i love the people of new york yeah i think that like all of the different like cultures and ethnicities and everything coming together is just like the coolest thing about new york um and like i said the richest of the rich the galleries the art and then the poorest of the poor mm -hmm. are just hanging out together yeah you know? i mean like the street that we walk down like every day we have, on that street, we have walked down with Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. As we also walk by a homeless shelter and, like, the same, like, homeless mm. crew, like, hanging out every single day. Right. And, you know, there's, like, 
everybody's just together. Like, yeah. And it's it's such a I don't know. It's it's beautiful to be a part of. Right. Because in every other environment I've ever lived in, which isn't very many, but right. in the past environments I've lived in, it's like everything is very segregated. Right. You know, you have like this part of town is right. where you're going to experience these people. That part of town is where you're going to experience those people. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, that is not the case like in New York. And that's what makes it so beautiful and what makes it so like um, enlightening. And it, yeah. it is also going to – it's what creates um, empathy and character and mm-hmm. um, just – I don't – basically I will always be grateful for the experience of living here in big part because of that. Right. Um, being able to like, you know, if I was to move to another place that was more homogenous or whatever, I would still be thankful for the experience of, of New York and being oh, able yeah. to like take that life experience into knowing like, okay, you know, this like homogenous group is, is one picture of life. Right. It is not life. Right. I also, let's talk about the weather for a second, because we haven't even touched on that, and I have a lot of opinions. Yes, you do. (laughs) So, first of all, you need to live in New York in the spring and the fall. Like, if you, even if you don't ever move here, like, just come visit in the spring and the fall. Not in summer, not in winter. Spring, fall. That is New York at its finest as what it is meant to be, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I also, so when we moved here, we moved here in the summer, and I did not expect it to be so hot. I thought, coming from Oklahoma, I was prepared for summer. Like, it gets over 100 degrees there, you know, whatever. Um, but my gosh, is New York summer warm. Also, I think I didn't realize that, like, you can't escape the heat here. Mm-hmm. Like in Oklahoma, I went in my car and then I went straight into my house. And, and every the air single business yes. is well at air, air conditioned. Yes. And you can't escape the heat here. It's like its own sweat box, right? Because mm-hmm. all the cement and whatever. It's right. a huge sweat box. Um, I also didn't expect the humidity. Honestly, I that shocked me because that makes it so, so much worse. Um and then you walk into a business and they don't have air conditioning. And then you walk into your apartment and you have to turn on the window unit. So it takes like 30 minutes for your apartment to cool down or you spend a ton of money air conditioning your apartment while you're gone. 100% of the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's just there's no relief from the heat. And I did not expect that. So the summer I actually don't like the summer. <laughs> I I mean, I would prefer it over the winter, I guess, because yeah. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the winter. So I thought I was prepared for the winter. I was like, I've dealt with ice and snow and everything in Oklahoma. I can do this, whatever. I did not prepare for the sun going down at 4 p.m. every day. Mm-hmm. That is the worst. The worst. I I mean, literally, like in in Oklahoma, in that, you know, more southern United States, the sun goes down early, but it goes down like like 530 ish, which there that is only an hour and a half difference. But that is a huge huge difference. (laughs) 
huge huge difference. It's crazy, like the difference between the sun going down at four and five thirty. Yes, and so that was a really major thing for me. Um, Also, I struggle in general with seasonal affective disorder, and so um, it just like amplified it, you know. And then on top of that, this winter was like twelve months long, you know. It felt like it. Yeah. It was, I don't know, November to, I mean, I mean, November wasn't too bad, but. It was mostly. Probably it, till like April. Yeah. It really, really hits in January. Like, yes. Like the frigid, like it's obviously winter before that, but like November and December are actually magical in New York City. Yeah, because like, Christmas. It's Christmas time and holidays. And even if it does snow, it's like so beautiful and magical and all the lights and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And it's not bitter cold yet. Right. Um, but then January hits and it gets negative temperatures. But then that, you know, that's, I mean, if it was just like January, February, I I could handle it. It's fine. But then like it, it went all the way through March and then even a little into April. I think all the, mostly through it. I feel like I was still wearing not my coat, but jackets in May. (sighs) And I just, that is absurd to me. Look, I I love, like I said, spring and fall. I love wearing jackets, but, like, it should not be cold that long. Yeah. And then the only thing I could think of is right after the cold went away, I was like, oh, no, it's just going to get really hot. Like, <laughs> it's just like this constant, like, oh, no, winter is coming now, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after winter, I'm like, oh, no. It's going to be 90 degrees and I have to walk in it, you know? Like there's, I don't know. I, I didn't expect such harsh weather. And I think it's because you have to be out in it. Like there's there's no option. You're just yeah. out in the weather. It's also though, yeah, it is. It's like you have to be out in it. Also, it like New York in general, it, the weather fluctuates much more than I would expect it to yeah. being this far north. And then the other thing is that being actually in Manhattan, in in New York City, if the weather is, you know, 90 degrees, you're going to be, I don't know how many degrees, but you're definitely going to be many degrees hotter. Right. Because everything is radiating. Yes. You have all of the cement that's radiating and pushing all of this hot air, um, which is scientifically backed up through the fact that we have a large population of peregrine hawks that hover (laughs) over Manhattan because they use the rising hot air to Mm -hmm. not have to, uh, uh, basically push them up and they don't have to use as much energy to fly. Yeah. So they just hover up there using our hot air to uh, prey on the pigeons. Yeah. Well, good for them though, because there's yeah. plenty of them. If you want to learn more about that, I would highly recommend the Planet Earth uh, 2 on, on a <laughs> Netflix. Um, I think that's the last episode of that one. Um, yeah. It is very interesting. Yeah. But I do, I think the weather really did shock me. I thought I was prepared and I was not. No, you weren't. No. And- you were kind of miserable. Yeah. Still yeah. sort of. I know yeah. I'm happy now because it's kind of yeah. fall. But that's the thing. Whenever the weather, like, is amazing, New York becomes amazing. Like, right. I, 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 can, I can find the beauty and the amazingness in any weather. Like, right. if you watch our vlogs from, like, this past winter, like, we went out in the frigidness and yeah. I was still able to. it was to, fun. Yeah, it was still fun. I was still Seeing able to Seeing an like, actual like um, blizzard. I had never been in an actual blizzard before, I don't think. Mm, probably not. Um, and that was fun for a day. 
Yeah, but but I'm saying like even like going out and like seeing things like oh yeah, New York like still was fun to go out and explore, even though we were like bitter cold. Yeah, and it was like a little bit miserable. It was still New York has stuff to offer. Yes, if it you're does. willing, if you're willing to endure it. Right. But man, whenever the you know the sun hits right mm-hmm. and the weather is like 72 degrees and you're out there and there's a light breeze and it's just like the whole city comes alive. Mm-hmm. Every Buddy's soul comes yeah. alive, and you're just like, "This is why I live here." It's true. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! Everybody's just like yeah. out, just running around, looking at everything, and like sitting on patios and going out on the roof, and just like, if if New York weather was like LA and it was like that all the time, I mean, you the there would be more pri- than eight million the, people. The real here. estate prices would quadruple <laughs> yeah. because everybody would want to live here because nobody actually wants to live in LA. Right. Like the, there's just so much industry there, and the weather is Amazing. literally the definition of perfection. And so if well. <laughs> you can shut it, <laughs> don't don't dog my weather. Um, Sarah's a rain lover, and I am. Yeah, I love anyway. the rain. But the. But like I was just thinking, like if if New York actually had right, if it didn't, if the weather didn't test you, yeah, holy cow, so many more people would live here. Uh, here's actually so this past winter when I got like blindsided, just punched in the face by winter. I actually I don't like L.A. Just FYI, I kind of despise it as a city, not as despise is a harsh word. I I should really like soften my heart toward LA. Um, I don't want to live there though. And I, the winter came and it was unbearable and brutal too many days in a row. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Maybe we missed it. Maybe we're supposed to be in LA. Like I actually started wondering like, is LA a better option? Mm -hmm. You know, which is so crazy because it's not, but not until we came here and experienced like the harshness of the weather that I thought that LA ever looked enticing, mm-hmm. you know, which is just crazy. Yeah. So some closing thoughts on this is that, you know, the the whole thing, um, actually, uh, in the creative exchange, we were talking about culture shock and living in, yeah. in Tulsa and the pricing and all that type of stuff, which because of that last night I was laying in bed and I was thinking about um, having that conversation again and what I, you know, some other things I should say. And one of the things was, um, that, you know, New York, they say, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and, and in Tulsa, it's like, if you can make it in Tulsa, you can make it in Tulsa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so, cause it's so easy, like it's in, so easy. In, in most places. And so now after living here, like we've only lived here for a year, but it's changed my perspective so much like I feel like I could literally go anywhere yeah. and conquer anything. Actually, we were talking about this. Um, like, where would we go if if we didn't live in New York? Um, what would we do? You know, just like past what we should have done differently and whatever. And it really does feel like oh, I can literally afford to do anything mm-hmm. because I've afforded to live here. Yeah. You know, it's like we so like, we've kept away from getting full time crap jobs where we hate our life. Right, and we've been able to make it yeah well we've been able to survive in new york city yeah we we, like we did it yeah so i feel like no fear going to do something else right if i want to you know it's like we we were talking the other day and i was like um maybe you know whenever our lease is up or you know however however long like we decide we could just like you know sell everything 
and then we could just go to Europe. And I, yeah, I said and we should like, just go to London on our passport for six months. Like, what's stopping us, yeah. you know? Like, sure, we don't have visas. We can't, like, stay there permanently. But what's stopping us from being there for six months? It's like, I mean, it's definitely not going to cost us, you know, $2,200 um, right. a month in rent to, like, go travel around Europe. Like, in, we can easily yeah. find cheaper places than that to right. stay. Yeah. And then after, you were like, yeah. And then when we get back after six months, we should just, like, live in a van for a minute, you know, <laughs> like we're just like, nothing is off limits anymore. We're yeah. just like, you really do feel like you can do anything. But if, if this was a year ago and we were in Tulsa, right. Um, if th- I had approached yeah, the, like, let's just go live in London or Europe for six months mm-hmm. with you, you would have been like, we can't afford to do that. Yeah. We, we, you have to get jobs. You have to stay there. You have to, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's like, no way logically i would have ever even entertained the idea right like it took me so much to even well i mean honestly it took like the calling of god on our life to took move me, to new york took me nine years <laughs> to it, get you to move it wasn't even you i know you it was i mean very annoying <laughs> you, i mean it was obviously on our like minds but like you know, we got a direct like word and direction from God to move to New York. And that is what brought us here. And so, you know what, if that's the only thing that happens from New York, I'm fine. If the only thing that came from this is that you learned that, you know, we can do, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's true though. New York does give you some sort of, um, strength i don't know like some sort of like determination and perseverance and like i i guess it it just it actually teaches you what you're capable of yeah you know um and and it it's harsh and it's hard to live here but but for a good reason like like if you can prove to yourself you know like new york throws everything at you and you're still standing like the, that's cool. That That's mm-hmm. a, a fun feeling. And I think that makes the city more exciting and more magical, um, even though it's a pain in the butt to afford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that is like exactly it is like every New York is absolutely a place that I would I would wish that everybody could one day have yeah. the experience of living yeah. Like not all at the same time. Don't all come here. Right. Um, and raise up the rent <laughs> anymore. Don't make but, a rent more expensive. But as like everybody's always leaving and, and coming to New York. So like yeah. at you know, at in some part of everybody's life, I think that living in New York City adds so much character to your life. Even like, if you know off the bat it's temporary. Yeah. Like coming here and just it's a different kind of magic. I think that's what I was trying to say. Like the romanticized versus like you know, mm-hmm. I came here with a romantic view of New York and now I just have a, like a love for New York. Mm-hmm. I have an appreciation for everything that New York throws your way and how you are still standing afterwards. Yeah. It's it's a really cool thing. And it's cool to see all the people here that continue to do that. And like mm-hmm. you get to be a part of their life, too. You know? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for us, like, you know, getting down to you know, is New York worth it? It's more so it's shifting the question to, is New York worth it for us? Right. And it's like, right now, yes, but we've had so many conversations of, but if staying here means right. that we have to get like regular 
nine to five jobs and work a crap that we don't want to like do. Let's not say crap because nine to five jobs aren't crap. No, I'm saying it's crap that like, we don't want to do. Okay. Yeah. Like I've done a desk job before and I, I did not like who I was, you know, so I'm not interested in living that life. Like right. I'm not, I'm not saying that other people don't, you know, can't just do saying, that. Like crap jobs sounds kind of bad. I mean, I'm going to stand by it. They're crap. Okay. Um, <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> I don't, I just don't want to live that life. Right. Um, and you know, I, you don't have to like, right. we're, the worry we live in a world now where you, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. And there are other options that you yeah. can do. Yeah. And if, if I, if I was put into the choice of like, okay, you can stay in New York, but you have to work for some other, somebody else. Yeah producing things that you know basically to help them reach their goals you know in in corporate life or whatever um or you can leave new york and you can make your own schedule do the things that you love to do and you know go where you want go where you want i mean that's such an easy decision for me like i'm i would give up like i would give up new york in a heartbeat right if it if if that meant that i could escape the nine to five. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, and I don't say nine to five as in a, a literal like eight hour day, eight hour, eight hours a day working. I work more than eight hours a day now. Right. Um, it's not about that. It's not about the work hours. Yeah, it's right. about the, the actual work. Like right. The being in a, and just being in a soul sucking environment of people that I'm working for, you know, yeah. them and their goals and, and, and given a you know 10 8 to 10 days of vacation a year and listen like, that's the thing about like the 9 to 5 life that really got me um cuz i got 10 days of vacation a year but which is like nothing first of all let's just yeah. preface it by saying america sucks okay <laughs> 10 days is nothing and corporations aren't even required to give any mm-hmm. days they just usually give you 10 um which is stupid but then on top of you only get two weeks of vacation a year you have to schedule that vacation around everybody else in your department so you don't even really get to choose your vacation it's stupid yeah so anyways that's not the conversation yeah. we're having the, con- the conversation really is that a there is no place a physical there's no physical place that right. can make you happy right <laughs> <laughs> I logically I know that, but there's a piece of me that's still like, I'm not so sure that that's true. <laughs> I'm not saying that, that a physical place here's can't the, contribute to yeah, your well being or your happiness. Like if you hate, I mean, you hate being in a place. I under, like leaving that place could definitely could contribute to your right like well being and happiness. But leaving and going to the place that you think is going to change you is only going to work for a short period of time. Right. Yes, I totally agree. Um, but what I, the, the thing that I kind of get, I don't know, like stuck on is, and maybe this is a conversation for another podcast because I'm kind of like over the whole idea of like a calling or a purpose or whatever. Like I'm kind of like irritated with that whole situation um, because, and, and I feel like, so I've always been kind of of the belief that like a place can be just as much of a calling or a purpose as, as a job can. 
Um, and I, I do believe that. I believe that you can feel at home in certain places and not in others. Um, but I will say that uh, I thought New York might be that for me, and it's not. So I'm, you know, kind of questioning yeah. my whole belief. But I do, th- I, I guess I'm saying, like, I think that a place is more than just a place. Like, it can be more than just a place. I'm not saying in what capacity, but I I think that, like, I I guess, man, I'm saying a lot of words. Okay. Growing up, me always wanting to leave Oklahoma, I was sort of always talked away from that and talked down on that because, again, like, you're not going to be happy in a different place unless you're happy with who you are, blah, 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 whatever. And that's true. Like, it's not that that's wrong. But I was always kind of... um, it was always scoffed at, I guess, that I wanted to find a, a place where I belonged, you know? And um, so I kind of adopt, maybe went the opposite. I adopted this idea that, like, a place can be just as much of a calling as as a job can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just not really fair to say, like, a place is not going to make a difference because that's not true. A place makes a huge difference. I just think... Everything boils down to how you feel about yourself, though. Like, yeah. it's not like a job isn't going to fulfill you and a place isn't going to fulfill you. Only like yourself. Right. Like only you can make sure that you are like whole as is no extras, like nothing outside is going to fulfill you is what I'm saying. But like. I feel like if you are whole as is and you feel like Nashville is the place for you, like. I think that that can make you happy just as much as like if you are whole and you feel like PR is where you belong, like PR can make you happy. You know, I think that it's just as valid. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But what I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe at some point in all of our lives or maybe just there are, you know, a lot of people who feel that they they will not they put too much like faith into a place like right. the place itself like is like they dream of living in, right. in a certain place and like they they like their life now you know it's fine but they really you know whatever but they they'll they'll they just really idolize, really want kind of. idolize yes exactly idolize like the place right. and once you get here or get there it's like it works for a minute right but eventually it turns back into a routine and back into a place just like every other place i think you're right but i i just have like a Mm. knee-jerk reaction I guess to people saying that like the place is not going to make you happy because I don't I think that I don't think it's going to ultimately make you happy forever I right but I I think think it can can contribute to your temporary happiness yeah I think you can say that about anything though and that's maybe my problem is that people don't say that about everything they only say it about change itself makes you happy I agree I think that I think people like to think they're afraid of change but and maybe this is just me. I love change. Like, I I sit in, like, a current situation for six months, and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, I, I need change. I need to, like, completely, like, paint my whole house or whatever. I don't care. I just need to do something different. Um, I think – because change is where, like, the cool growth happens. Like, if you're comfortable, you're not doing anything, you know? I really do believe that. I believe that, like, if you're – and now there are – times where like being comfortable is good and like just kind of riding and flowing and doing and that's fun but like 
uncomfortable change is where real like growth and challenge happens. It's where you like actually discover things. So I think even if you're afraid of change, you crave it more than you think you do. That's what I think. I think that's a good place to uh, end this episode since we've been talking for a long time. (laughs) Um, So thank you guys for listening to Deeply Curious. We appreciate your comments and reviews and just downloading and listening to the podcast. We um, are really enjoying doing this. The um, audience has been growing um, every episode, so we really appreciate that, that you guys are telling people and sharing um, and listening. If you um, would like to continue helping us out, um, and this sounds like something that would help you, um, betterhelp.com slash Jensen is a great way to do that. Just sign up for the free trial, see if it works, see if it's something that, um, would actually help you in your life. Um, yeah. And then it helps, keeps, keeps this show going and helps us stay in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we actually really do believe in it and advocate for, you know, mental health and mental health maintenance, I suppose, or whatever you want to say. But you can do that by going to betterhelp.com slash Jensen. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.